Hey, hey, stay. How's it going? Hi, Adam. Going pretty well. Had lots of stuff happening lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About that. Uh, what's been uh, What's been going on in your world the last couple of weeks? Well, I am happy to announce that uh, as of twelve days ago, I'm a proud father of a twelve-day-old son. <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> so happy father's day (laughs) oh yeah right ah thank you (laughs) yeah first time i celebrate well it feels really good uh it's uh really really interesting and yeah i'm really glad that i'm here you know 12 days in uh my wife is uh, in the other room with my son jonah and uh he's pretty well behaved so far so uh, i consider myself pretty pretty lucky he's one of those kids that sleeps and uh, cries when he really wants to eat and he wants to eat a lot but other than that he's like really really good uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah i always hear about the first couple of weeks or months being some of the hardest time for sleep have have you been able to like get okay sleep or has that been a struggle? Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to like jinx it, but I think so far <laughs> it's been pretty good. I had a few nights with a full eight hour sleep, which I heard doesn't happen. Uh, so yeah, that's, that that's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm still a bit tired and I have like, uh, some sleep to catch up on from, you know, the whole thing, the hospital days and yeah, getting everything uh, ready. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky. I mean, I'm a heavy sleeper usually. And when I don't get enough sleep, you know, uh, I can feel it, but yeah, so far so good. Uh, well, yeah, that's very good news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I was prepping for the moment a lot. So maybe that helped because both of me and my wife are like hyper organizers. So we had like everything laid out. So it helps, you know, that even at night when you have to do the feeds, you have to do the changes, you have to do everything, you know, everything is where it's supposed to be. And we just like grab stuff, we change the nappies, we take the bottle. Yeah. So it's, it all works pretty well so far. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty glad, pretty chuffed. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an experience. I mean, I still, you know, am waking up to it. So (laughs) that's pretty good. Yeah. How about you? You got a new haircut? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Nice. But uh, other than that, my, my, my wife's been traveling for a week uh, in Mexico and got back last week. So I was uh, uh, solo here for a little while and yeah, just, uh, you know, starting to enjoy the summer, go on a couple hikes, that kind of thing. But Okay. So we already started really? hiking. Did you start the hike seriously or are you like easing into it? I'd say like easing into it, doing some basic ones, a couple um, like, five miles is about the most I've done just to, okay. you know, test my ACL since I tore it last year. It's kind of like the first time really trying it on a trail longer than like a, a quiet walk, but yeah. Okay. So far, nice. so far, so good. <laughs> okay. So it's holding up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. When, uh, w- my wife was traveling, I went to a, uh, a speed friending event, which was kind of neat because, uh, okay. you know, like making friends in your like thirties, forties always gets a little more tricky, especially when you're working from home and well, not going yeah. into an office. Most doesn't happen. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So how that so it, was, it was neat. It was like a uh, hundred, 150 people. And, uh, you're all like sitting at tables across from each other. And every three minutes, um, one side like moves the seat down and, uh, you really just have like three minutes to, to chat with someone new and, uh, uh, yeah, really. And then like at the end of it, there was a, like a, a mixer to just like chat openly with people. Okay. Okay. So how many people did you chat with? 
I think it was three rounds of 10 people. So 30 people total. Whoa. Okay. So, How did that so it was go? like an hour and a half. Of... <laughs> okay. Met a, met a couple people that were, that were interesting, try to keep in touch, but, uh, it wasn't as much time to like get contact info unless you like sought them out afterwards. So I felt like that part probably could have been improved some, but, uh, I have a feeling most of them are just like on the, uh, like follow the organizers on Instagram. So people can probably keep in touch there. Okay. That sounds good. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Three minutes <laughs> is not a lot and you know, I'm guessing it's more just to check the vibe if you're like really like, you know, in, in yeah. vibing with the, with, with the other person, but that sounds interesting. I think it's a really like a uh, neat thing to happen, especially now that, yeah, people are working from home and, uh, usually like you don't make any friends after 30, except if you're like in certain contexts, uh, I guess, I don't know, parties were like, mm, parenting might be a big one. Let's see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that checks yeah out. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That I, I have a feeling you'll make lots of, lots of parent friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's see. There are like lots of people who are making kids in London. I can certify that because the <laughs> hospital was full of them. I thought like everybody in London was having a baby at the same time as we were. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty crazy. We witnessed some like really interesting events, people like uh, giving birth on the hallway and those kind. I mean, it's not as intense as it sounds. It was all safe, but yeah, it happened. So uh, quite wow. uh, something to, yeah, to, to process. That's, uh, <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I feel like another like way to make friends in like the, you know, the thirties, forties age is like book clubs. Like I've joined a mm. couple of local, local book clubs and, most of them have like in-person meetings because they're like local book clubs. And the downside is like when I end up reading the book and then it, the, the meeting time ends up like conflicting with something else I have, which is always, always the worst. It's like, oh, okay. I wanted to, you know, hang out and meet new people, but, uh, you know, plans got in the way, but that's definitely a good one. Another good one. Okay. So that's been going well. I know you joined some book clubs. Uh, what are like some takeaways uh, from those? What works? What doesn't? I, I was always curious, you know, what are the like things that make book clubs work and things that make them like sucky? Um, yeah. Uh, my, my wife's in one too. And I think like between the two of us, we've talked about like some things that have made them work and haven't. And, uh, one thing that uh, I've liked is like our book club does rank choice voting for deciding what book to read. And that, that definitely helps. Like it, it, it makes it so it's not one person choosing and it's not just a, a, a straight vote, but you know, everyone feels like their, their voice is kind of reflected in what we read, which, which has helped helpful. Um, there's like one book club I haven't joined, but I've been like, on the outskirts, it's like, I keep waiting for them to pick a book and a time where I can make it and then I'll join it. And it's like a, a fantasy only book club. Mm, so okay. having those like, like, like niches where it's a uh, very specific, it's not just like, let's pick any book in the world. And so like, I'm in a, a Reddit book club and that one's kind of like alternating between uh, a nonfiction book one month and a fiction book the next month. So it's been, okay. yeah. that's been neat for like having some, some idea there, but, um, yeah. And then for the, the actual meetings, uh, having like a person leading the conversation, I think is, is very important. So it's not just people coming together and just chatting. Otherwise it kind of, it doesn't have that like thread of, uh, organization and you don't end up mm. digging as deeply into the books. Okay, so a bit of structure, that's always helpful. Yeah, and the the Reddit one, they've been sending out like a, a list of questions that they're going to be talking about at each meeting. 
So you can like think about it ahead of time, you know, form some opinions. <clears throat> and the, like the, the thinker in me, like, cause I, I'm not the best at thinking on my feet. I like to kind of pre pre think things out. So I think that also helps me kind of like put some, put some brain cycles into some of the questions beforehand. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, uh, I can see how it helps. It would help me as well if I was in that position. So yeah, that, that, that sounds, they're kind of like prompts, right? So they ask something about the book and everybody answers the same thing or uh, the same question. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like an open question. Like, what did you think this thing meant in the book? Or what do you think? Uh, why do you think this person did this? And then having a discussion about that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And speaking of Reddit, uh, did you follow the events that happened throughout uh, last week? Because those were something. Uh, it was like really interesting to see how mm -hmm. such a huge community can undergo such massive shifts. And it kind of like relates to what we do because we know there are uh, book subreddits with millions of users that uh, talk about books. I was actually wondering if any of them uh, went dark for the event uh, they scheduled a few days ago. But yeah, it's like really interesting to see how the community coalesced to try to put another direction into how things were, were going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah. 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 Do you have like the, the, the TLDR for for like what happened on reddit <laughs> yeah so as far as i know uh a bit of context for the, the people who haven't like it, it's basically reddit decided to put this huge cost on their api uh, because uh, there was one app called apollo that was using but they were using the reddit api so uh the business like part of Reddit got mad because they were uh, basically using their product, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, making uh, uh, yeah uh, use of it with their API. So they put a price on their API, and the community rebelled because uh, they liked the Apollo app, and everybody was like against these kinds of measures. Plus, I know, hope I'm not mistaken, I read uh, an interview uh, by the CEO uh, who was really, uh, well, basically an asshole telling uh, that they have to impose these rules because it's their product and nobody can skim off of it uh, because that's business. The tone was pretty bad. So I'm guessing, you know, this yeah. madness doesn't pay off. Yeah. I mean, it's like the idea of making the, the Reddit API, like having to charge for access to it. I feel like that part is less controversial. Like, you know, if, if someone's building an entire product on your API and you're hitting them with a lot of usage and then your users aren't being served ads, while uh, users that use the main Reddit app are being served ads, it makes sense to have some kind of charge there. But it seems like just how they went about handling this was like, like, like falling down a tree and hitting every branch on the way down. And yeah, the the the, the comments by the CEO about it just made things worse because they were not they were not being nice to the the, the developer community for sure. Yeah, it doesn't pay off to like uh, make the developer community and the community in general who are like the users of your product uh, enemies. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, and and I can I can like see the the reasoning behind it. Like considering that, let's say you know, Reddit of its usage, I'm I'm assuming a majority of it is through mobile because you know mm -hmm. most people use mobile nowadays. So let's say you know 66% on mobile and it seems like Apollo was being used by 
I mean, even if it was a third of that, <laughs> that's like 20% of Reddit's entire user base was effectively using it for free without ads, which, you know, for a, a top 10 website in the, in the world, that's a lot of usage, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that they said like, okay, um, this goes from being free to now you have to pay us $20 million a year. <laughs> yeah. It's like that number. Yeah. <laughs> I think that number might have been the problem. And the fact that they didn't like reach out to the actual people who were using it. I mean, let's say we have an API and someone uses the heart of our API because we have really good book data. And of course we decide to put the charge on it. At that point, it would be really bad if we would just like slap a price on there and just make it like uh, so adversarial, I guess. So the, the point of it, I'm guessing, was to actually like block them out so that they do what they've actually done, meaning they have to like take everything down and they have to like cease to exist, uh, which is risky. I mean, there was this risk. So I'm guessing there was some corporate strategy there. And yeah, obviously it would have been better, I guess, to sort of negotiate through the problem than this thing, which yeah. like, I'm curious if the community backlash is actually going to last, but I, I feel like already Reddit was a place where everything was independent, where everything was... Uh, not controlled by corporate interests. I think after this move, it's clear that they are no longer that place. And uh, it's another like huge platform, huge platform that uh, does this. Yeah. Which also opens up an opportunity for people like, and platforms like us to like usher in the new generation of platforms that stay independent, I guess. Yeah, there was a, a really good article by uh, Corey Doctorow kind of about this whole flow called uh, the the Enshittification of TikTok. And it's, it's kind of this like, it, it's an article that goes over kind of the life cycle of how social networks rise and fall and how they, they rise by, you know, having users that are talking to each other, enabling conversations, uh, making it fairly easy to create content and have a good, like, um, uh, content creator to content consumer ratio. Because if you have, if you're way too far to one end or the other, then you don't have a good, you know, you don't have a good flow of new information on the platform. And then how, once you have all those eyeballs, then people, the, these companies start trying to find ways to maximize the revenue from it. And that brings the quality of the product down and it brings the, um, the creators that are creating things through the APIs or through just new content that starts to go down. And then it's, it's effectively a death spiral from there where eventually people stop using it altogether, or it just, you know, it, it reaches a new low kind of if you can imagine what happened to to dig in the like a decade oh, ago yeah. 15 years ago oh, wow <laughs> it's like yeah. you know they made some changes and all of a sudden they were they were flying high and then it just like went to a new low and it kind of stayed there at that new baseline or like myspace when it like you know or friendster like all these platforms kind of have done that but then all these new platforms like facebook twitter tiktok they they haven't had that same like decline. Um, but I think we're, we're now seeing that on, on Twitter <laughs> in the last, you know, six months as more and more people have left, but it still hasn't reached that point of like an exodus. Mm -hmm. So it makes, it makes me wonder like what, like once people are so attached to a platform, it takes a lot to get someone off of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, I guess it's like that, that habit, it has to be like significantly better uh, to the, the alternative youths migrate to, to be able to like do that without like having any costs. I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. 
I'm still going to use Reddit despite all of this because it's still like a platform that is useful. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing, you know, that slow death uh, will come eventually. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I mean, that wave of uh, early social networks that just uh, uh, rose and then they fell. Uh, right now, I guess maybe the corporate, let's say, level uh, of the newer platforms learned a lot from that and they're uh, doing other things. I mean, I really appreciate, for instance, how Facebook reinvents its app once in a while and also it's smart how they engulf, also scary, but also smart how they engulf new products and new communities and new opportunities, which I guess every major platform does. Uh, some bets are better, some bets are like not the best, but yeah, they've been doing it pretty, uh, or pretty well. They've been doing pretty well lately. Uh, yeah. but I guess once you, uh, step over a certain, you know, structure, I guess, where there's like this corporate layer that makes the decisions and the product team is, out of touch with the product, maybe that's when it happens. I mean, for some, I guess. When management comes in, when you're like, after a few rounds and you get that uh, layer of management and you're not, look at Zuckerberg, he's like into the product at all times. If he wasn't, if he was to step back and get uh, other people to handle the, the product, I think it would, fall in one year it would be unrecognizable so you really have to how should i put it like keep the harness or whatever you use yeah 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 you can't let yeah you have to continue creating value for your users (laughs) it's kind of the, the basic part it's like you can't you can't let creating like money value like business value like trump that at any time otherwise you start going down a a dark path yeah yeah that's true and if you think about it i mean how they started i mean aaron schwartz uh, the whole team uh, that started uh reddit they were like really really like rebels they, they made it like because they believed in some things and now you know you get the ceo saying yeah just pay us 20 million dollars or you're not the, i mean that's like Clearly, that's the corporate <laughs> level making the decisions. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's interesting. I saw inter- an interesting show on Amazon Prime. Uh, it was called The Consultant. It was uh, with uh, what's his name? He also played in Inglorious Bastards. I always forget his name. Uh, Whatever, it's called The Consultant, really good about a gaming company that uh, is overtaken by uh, some sort of corporate devil. Huh, interesting. Hmm. That, yeah. That, that, was, that was one of the fun things about uh, Mythic Quest, the, the show, because it's, it's like, um, if you haven't watched it, it's by one of the co-creators of it's always sunny in Philadelphia and it's about like a okay. gaming company and uh, it's, it's just, it's pretty hilarious, but it also talks a lot about just like kind of the evil sides of a company trying to just make money with like loot boxes and trying to maximize revenue and kind of the, the difference between that and just creative freedom and trying to do something that the fans want. But yeah, another good one for that. Oh yeah. I did that to my list. Nice. And and speaking of Apple, did you follow the whole uh, uh, Apple oh Vision? <laughs> yes. The Vision Pro? <laughs> yes. And I'm a bit like, let's say not guilty, but I have to say I'm, I am excited and I am sold because I've been waiting for that kind of stuff. I know it's creepy and, you know, I think only Apple could pull it off at that level. Obviously, it's not going to be like, but remember the iPod. It was like amazing when it was, that that seems like such a far off product right now, but it worked back then. So I'm guessing you know a few generations in, 
this is gonna work but yeah it was really exciting and i was actually thinking what it means for us because when they showed like those apps uh, and the fact that you can uh, like open a browser window and it's an app in vr i was thinking how you could do like the stuff you do on hardcover in vr with that thing over your head which i mean i i know you know for it's it's hard for anyone really uh, to imagine themselves with that thing on their head like doing the stuff they are doing in front of the laptop i'm guessing it's not that far off i'm guessing you know this interaction is turning into a small uh, rectangle while you're typing stuff uh will seem really old really fast once this catches on uh yeah so yeah, I was excited about it. How about you? <laughs> yeah, um yeah, it's one of those things I feel like I've been waiting for for a while. It's like I I don't un, I don't I don't think any of us know what it's going to be, like how it's going to be used. But I think the the idea of it is what's most interesting to me. It's like it's opening up a new form of interaction like, you know, from we had a, uh, you know, computers with just a screen and a keyboard to phones where you're touching and now it's going to be like a whole new interface device and one of the the neat things that i was reading about is like whenever there's a new interface uh design one of the first things that people do is create like skeuomorphic design for it basically design that mimics the real world in that new system um, which is why on like the iPhone, you had like felt and like, uh, yellow legal pads and things like that. You remember the shelves so, in, the, in the book app, there were actual shelves, like, yeah, <laughs> literal shelves. <laughs> so it makes me wonder like, and, and even in the demo that they showed for the Apple, um, the vision pro it had, there was like a, a basketball game you were able to watch. It's like, it's recreating things that you could see in real life in this new environment. And it made me think like, you know, you could have a, a virtual representation of your library with all the books lined up, even though they're not really there. <laughs> um, like there's, I'm just, I'm just like excited about what'll be created with it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, or even like combining it with some of the large language models, image creation, like you could, have something where you're reading a book and it's changing the environment all around you to fit the theme of the book. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think that's even with this tech, like pretty feasible. I mean, I played around with generative fill in Photoshop and that's basically like it. Uh, and uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, this coming in at a time where we have AI and you can also use AI to generate like 3d stuff. Uh, which will definitely get better so you can just like wish things into existence will be great. I mean, I'm excited for the gaming aspect as well. I can't wait to like have mm -hmm. like, stuff set up like small islands on my table or like little villages or that <laughs> kind of stuff. I mean, that's going to be like really exciting uh, or um, uh, exactly that kind of stuff where you read the book and the environment changes or you have like these 3D things or even the characters. Maybe you, you can see the characters. Uh, you can have generative video. Why not? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's still like really early. I mean, uh, that's why I mean, I'm always thinking, you know, the iPod was like a thing you can put music on. I mean, compared to, and that was what, 10 years ago? But no, 15 years ago? Tw like 20, 20 years ago. 20. Oh, oh God, it was 20. Okay. <laughs> yeah, still. Uh, like, you could only put music on it and at that time it was like a major revolution right now if you think like okay you can put stuff on our stick we're so like uh far like from that point that it's almost what's happening now seems like magic compared to you know that that point so yeah it's uh it, it's really exciting yeah it's it, it's really nice that you know uh we can already see what can be done with it and things that are related to what we're building. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm assuming that after, you know, it actually goes out and 
at this price point, it's probably going to be like the first batch is going to be for people who either really want it or for people who are going to create content on it and apps for like the next iterations. I'm assuming, you know, they'll be like cheaper models. There's also the quest, which again, like, uh, it validated Zuckerberg's idea, like massively. People are saying, Oh, they killed the quest. That's like, you know, they, I mean, my, my take is that they actually did him a huge favor because everyone was making fun of the metaverse. And now it's actually like a thing. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know, I mean, books are this, like, in terms of medium, uh, books are these rectangles that you read. Laptops are these rectangles that you look at. Having, like, stuff in your world, like, having it immersed, that's, like, what we've been trying to unlock, like, since forever, right? So. (laughs) It's going to be exciting. I, yeah, I, I am also, like, you know, I, I will be on the wait list to get one when it comes out, even though I have no idea how I'll actually use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, I'm, uh, people are saying there's no use cases. Before they released, uh, uh, I mean, for Quest, the use case was gaming. I couldn't mm-hmm. see anything else. But the, the fact that they put so much detail into the execution actually like opens up a lot of things. I mean, I can see myself working on it. I mean, it could work on uh, hardcover. We could like yeah. codes. Well, I'd have that's, a screen that's, here that's... with the code. I had, I have like the app here. I would have like a chat here where we would like pair to, uh, yeah, push some some code. So it could be like really really nice. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I I'm really curious to see what the programmer experience is when in that VR state. Like if if I can do like if I can work faster with it than I can with a computer and a monitor, like that would be, you know, I that would be a game changer for productivity. So that's one thing I'm yeah. definitely curious about. Yeah, Same for design, yeah. I imagine. Like Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around because it's definitely gonna explode from like these rectangles that we're all like drawing and these interfaces that are fixed uh, to something else. And I'm trying to think, you know, what that extra dimension would mm-hmm. would look like, and that uh, because it comes at a, at a really like interesting time with AI because some of the interfaces might not be like as fixed as we work, as we build them now. So you might have interfaces that change. Uh, you know, you have a box that offers you some kind of info. Right now, we are coding that box, we are designing that box, but what if, you know, let's say four years down the line, uh, you can actually have that box and the reader can change what's shown in that box and we wouldn't like even need to build it so that it would just whip up the code based on our data, based on our like code base, based on our like everything. So this is like generative interfaces are really like interesting and it's, it's going to change a lot. I mean, for me, it's like, uh, it's really exciting then for everyone. Uh, it was like, watching i guess yeah yeah it's it was like i I remember when the iphone first came out and like the app store first launched and people were creating apps for you know the most basic things like you know here's a here's a flashlight app because the iphone didn't even have a flashlight (laughs) yeah the thing with the beer and these are apps that made like millions of dollars just because you know they were some of the first apps out there and they were exploring this new space of like uh interactive it was it was like the first interactive device like that you can move around and have it actually do things so yeah i yeah i just can't wait to see what the first things that people create that are like that are like because that'll that'll be what happens before people create like the real useful things <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's going to be funny before it's useful but yeah. um yeah i Funny, of course, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Here for that as well. 
And just the fact that you can like mirror your laptop and like basically use it as a full interface device, like you are your laptop from day one, like that is already worlds past what the iPhone was when it launched. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm waiting for the first time I see people with these things in cafes because, uh, for instance, if <laughs> I'm not, if I'm working from a cafe, that is like what I'm going to do rather than like moving the clunky laptop, putting it on the table, oh, spilling coffee all over it. I'm just going to put that thing on. It's going to look dumb at first because <laughs> nobody else will be using it, but just like wait two years until everybody else is using it and you will feel like weird when you're the only one who's not it's like not having a phone right now if like i mean there are some people who don't have phones and it's seen like as a thing that's uh you know not uh, usual i guess yeah. i'm guessing this would be the same at Sometime has to pass, but yeah, it's Apple. They made this, so it's probably like a, a, a good bet. Yeah. And maybe maybe by then there will be multiple models. Like there's more of a, a lightweight model that's more like normal glasses rather than a, a yeah. massive VR headset. Yeah. Well, if that, I think that's the like end goal. And, you know, Google actually like tried to make it like what, so 10, 7 <laughs> years uh, before it's time, because that's what Google does. Uh, another those like, were so, really... those, those were so neat. Like I was, I was kind of sad that those didn't like iterate to something useful because yeah, it was such a cool idea. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hate Google for this kinds of stunts, and they did it like recently with Google Domains, uh, and uh, you mm. know that they sold it to Squarespace, and there were like lots of angry people in my feed. They always do that. They did that with Stadia. They invested two billion freaking dollars into mm. uh, Stadia, and uh, yeah, they just shut it down. Was it Stadia? I think so. Google actually like. They they do a good job of like shutting things off when it's like not part of their core business. Like as bad yeah. as that is for the users, like it keeps them focused. Like, but it's it sucks for users. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it does. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is like really exciting. Uh... We're also like at an exciting time with Carpenter as well, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Lots of stuff uh, in the pipeline. Yeah. Um, we're, we're like the, the, the current upgrade for hardcover is kind of like, I feel like it's ended up being almost like a full rewrite of the front end <laughs> on how it works. Um, so it's really touching like every page in the app. But I'm not like redesigning it to match the mockups yet. I'm more like updating the the programming style to use this uh, server side generated part, so it, it'll be a lot faster. Um, but it is it is coming along, and it is yeah, I'm excited about it. But it still has a lot of work left. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, it's ended up being good. one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's ended up being one of those things where I thought it was going to be a lot faster than it was to to do it, and then once I got in there, I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be a big project. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, sometimes it's like that. Uh, maybe every time, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, once this is done, it's going to be like really to I guess what's the newest standard in terms of like approach right now and uh, hopefully it's gonna help us ship the new uh, layouts uh, faster uh, yeah because we've got some like good good designs I've, uh, I've also uh, seen that in the community there are people who are for new features uh, there was uh, suggestion about the match score having uh, different colors there were uh, some suggestions about the the, the profile page and uh, they're coming they're coming they're uh, gonna be new components new ways we show stuff it's it, it's pretty exciting in design 
Uh, I guess we're close to. Uh, I mean, it's making a version of hardcover that's finally out of beta, uh, because yeah, for that big launch, we've got a few things that we're preparing. We've got the book page. Uh, we've got uh, the. Uh, the the book the new book button will be one of the big the ones new, yeah the book button yes uh whole new revamp experience of like how you're tracking books so that's going to be good the search the search is yeah uh, almost there it's on staging and so soon on live yeah and the kind of the first version of the new book page but not like not the final version, but at least like with the new header. <laughs> nice. And that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking the, like how we're using the colors from the book cover on the book page. Like that's, that's something, one of those things that I've been wanting to figure out how to do for a while. And it's, it's looking really cool. Like, let me share my screen for a sec here. Oh yeah. Um, screen window, this one. So yeah, this is, uh, here we go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty much like this, this top part is kind of the part that's been redesigned and yeah, the top part is great, uh, and it will be replicated in other parts of the uh, app as well. I'm working on a new uh, profile page, which will be uh, the author page as well, which would will take uh, that part. Ah, here we go. Uh, that part uh, and actually make it into a place where you could put a nice cover image. So it won't be the color. It could be a color. We'll default to a color, but uh, for I was thinking for supporters that we can do the same thing the Letterbox does. Uh, so you would be able to uh, customize your profile with a picture or something like that. Uh, you know, if uh, your if you are a person who creates uh, book content, you could put something. Uh, promotional there or something that you like or something that represents you to make that profile look like it's yours. It's going to be like aligned with what we're doing on the book page. It's going to be pretty, pretty neat. For, uh, for this, like, as I've been like, uh, using this more locally and on staging, one of the things that I, I kept trying to think about was like, how do we do more like social proof here? Like one of the things mm -hmm. that I, I know we have in the mock-up for this page is things like, you know, friends who read this. Mm -hmm. So like we have this, this social proof and this social proof. Um, and then Potentially we have like prompts so we could say like, this is number X in this prompt, kind of like, uh, on IMDB, when you look at a book and it says like, this is number, you know, 45 of the best movies of all time, things like that. Oh yeah. And the reviews. But the reviews. Yeah. The reviews are going to be like really interesting because, uh, there was also some chat uh, about this on uh, on Discord uh, about author ratings uh, and uh, how they're handled. And for books, of course, the star rating is important, and we have half stars as well, which is more accurate. But to really like get an idea of uh, how a book feels, a review is way more telling. So I'm guessing having those reviews and having written reviews and video reviews as well uh, will help. There are lots of people who are reviewing that book in other places on YouTube or on TikTok. So it would be nice for them to be able to link that review. And uh, further down the line, if we implement the batch system, uh, we could show those reviews from people who have 
lot of like prestige in that particular like genre of the book. So if the book's main genre is fantasy, the first review would be for from someone who has like a lot of uh fantasy books read and is a really uh active reviewer in the community. So that would be like really really nice to get someone who's uh, certified i guess oh. <laughs> yeah there was still, also, still working uh, on it <laughs> yeah well that happens um there was a question on um um twitter from one of our uh, supporters jeff uh who's asked if uh we have any um fail safe in case someone reviews a book uh but they haven't actually read the book so it's a malicious review mm -hmm. i'm assuming um i think our approach right now is that uh, any kind of review can be flagged so if there's someone like leaving lots of uh, reviews that are fake or ill-intended uh we flag them we can ban them we can restrict their access if uh, we want and we rely on the community to do that uh but uh the prestige score might also like come in handy because those reviews f from someone who isn't you know uh really doesn't have that prestige through badges would push that review down so it would organically like not be shown first yeah what do you think yeah, about that's a good like, question. That? yeah yeah, like we have this uh like similarity um like the sorting of these reviews like the one of the sorting is by like your your match percentage with that other person. So if people are just, you know, trolling and they're doing that and you're sorting by readers with similar interests than you, then those people that are trolling are going to be at the bottom of the review page. But their scores are still going to impact the average rating for the book um so yeah like you said reporting is the best way to go about that but I, I, yeah i wonder about other ways we can do that like well one the, of the, the yeah go ahead one of the uh things we we toyed with was like awarding badges for like if you if you've read like a hundred like a hundred fantasy books and you have like the the hundred fantasy book badge, and then you could see the average rating of this book by other people who have also earned that badge, for instance, or things like that. But yeah, I'm wondering about what other what other ways we can help, like help that out. Yeah, well, uh, it was mentioned on Twitter. The Sorgaf, for instance, asked someone if they actually read that book, so it forces you to declare this book, but my first instinct is that okay that might be good but it can also i mean a malicious reviewer who wants to leave a bad review can just do that so they don't have to read the book they don't have to read any book if we get bots and especially now that you know you got ai models that are able to create uh real looking activity if you've got bots that come in and trash the reviews for, you know, muddy with the uh, intent to muddy our data. Uh, our only like chance again, and any like platforms chance against those is community action, actually like uh, having the community report and uh, having verified users. And I think like our approach generally is to uh, have, uh, there's, data that's accurate rather than like maximizing users of uh, whatever quality i guess yeah hmm. onboarding is a good filter because uh, uh maybe uh onboarding is a step where we could uh, actually filter those potentially malicious users so that, you know, we 
get them before they actually are able to leave a review. At that review level, I don't think there's much you can do except, you know, just let them leave the review and let us try to push it as further down as possible or have the community report it. Yeah. And it, uh, there's probably some way we can like just identify accounts that are basically created just to give negative reviews. <laughs> like mm. if, if, if the only books you're reading are books that are like one star, then maybe we don't even include your, your books and any of the, the rating charts, the rating sums, the rating averages. Like, so we have a way of like indicating that a user is a uh, like shadow banned from reviews. Oh yeah. And and so behind the scenes, like we would mark that through probably some algorithm on our side. And then for the users, they don't they don't know anything's wrong. They just, you know, continue using the site as usual. But uh yeah, the only way to access their reviews would be to go to their specific review page rather than the listing page. Yeah, well that sounds great. I mean, um, I think those reviews, you know, getting to them will take a lot of work if most people leave genuine reviews. So if we maximize and make leaving reviews as easy as possible without like introducing any steps like verifying your review or whatever, or asking like questions which are, I don't know, certifying you can like really certify someone has read the book and i'm imagining it's like really like tough to 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 do that i mean i wouldn't know how so it's better to just yeah. like be, make reviewing something as easy as possible and so that people actually like leave good reviews incentivized to leave the good reviews and the bad reviews can just yeah. be suppressed by us on our end. There are like one, multiple uh, points. Yeah. No, go ahead. One, one thing that came to, came to mind while you were saying that for like certified reviews was uh, once we get like a concept of discussions, one, one thing we could do is have like, you know, kind of like book club questions about the book. And mm -hmm. if you answer like, you know, maybe we have like 10 questions. And if you answer like three of them, those end up being part of the discussion about that book. And if you answer those, then your review is like certified or something. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a good, yeah. See, that's a good one that doesn't like, uh, impact the way you'd leave like a simple review. Let's say you just read the book. You want to like, just leave a review, leave a star rating. You should do that. Like no questions asked, but if you have like these questions that are tied to a book club where someone asks, uh, okay, uh, let's see uh, whatever your take is on uh, this question. Yeah, that could definitely push the review up. So it could be like the first like level of review where you have, uh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Have the first level of review, which is a simple star rating, then the next level, which is a written review, and then the next level, which is like the, the questions, and then maybe another level, which is video, because if you're living a video review, that's probably like you're a content creator, your <laughs> review matters like a lot, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, or so you're linking you to a those. yeah, linking to a blog post. Yeah. yeah. It's and like our algorithm to discern who's spamming reviews would be taking all these levels into account. So the more of them you go through, the less likely it is that you have a, <laughs> a ambulance behind you. Oh yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> more likely. This is one I've learned that this is one of the pilgrimage routes. So it's a street that's like more than a thousand years old. It's called Oaken Road. So yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> ah, here we go. Yeah. Look at this these. Yeah, a... these are looking great. And um, yeah, and uh, I'm still working on kind of what happens when this is shown. There's like a but uh, having that like pop up, like the first time you 
the first time you interact with any button, it does that loading because it's like loading all of the, mm-hmm. the, the JavaScript required to make it run. So all that JavaScript never loads until you interact with the button. And then, nice. it, yeah. And I think I was still in the middle of like a, a major refactor for how this works. So all of it's in a not working state, I don't think. But hey, that actually did work. Yeah. Um, See? Sometimes yeah. it does. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like uh, I just added a super basic create list. Some of these I haven't been like going back and forth with the prototypes. I've been kind of like, like, like I know this isn't like the same style as the prototype, but uh, yeah, it'll get that's, there. we'll have time to fix those. I mean, the functionality yeah. is like primary. It's, great especially for the app um yeah very easy this is is looking good and yeah and uh just one thought uh for since you mentioned discussions and uh, having that those levels uh of priority i guess uh because uh, if a review has all those layers, uh, we push it so it has a certain priority. I was thinking about something like that for a feed algorithm because once we have discussions, uh, we'd also need to like decide what to show first. And I'm guessing uh, those levels of priority could be something we think about and we can maybe make the same levels work. So a discussion post like a review, if it has certain features to it, uh, maybe it can be assigned a certain priority. Uh, just as like a review, if it has all those extra things, uh, it would have, let's say, priority. One is a review that has uh, a video and it's from someone who has like 100 plus and that's how we know it's a really good review. Uh, the lowest priority is view that's from like a new reader who isn't verified and it's like the uh, most suspicious review that we don't show. So we don't show with a priority. So we'd show this, uh, we'd show items based on this priority and make that uh, rule universal so that it assigns priority to reviews based on certain things and to discussion items based on other things, but it's the same algorithm that assigns priority or like a, a tweaked one. Uh, yeah, just trying to think of how that would work so <laughs> that we don't just like show things over there, just like push things in the feed, but they actually have, uh, uh, it's probably going to work way different of course but uh, the idea is yeah, to have that ranking yeah yeah how we how we incorporate discussions into the feed will that, that's definitely going to be a tricky problem i uh mm-hmm. i haven't even put much thought into it yet because it's going to be a hard problem <laughs> it's going to be a hard problem and, but it's okay i mean we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out uh, yeah and and i think uh at that point it'll make sense to have filters on the feed for like um, what type of activity you want to see. So like, mm, yeah, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you only want to see activity by your friends. Maybe you only want to see activity by your authors. Maybe you only want to see discussions on your books mm, and it, it be- nice. Yeah. And it becomes like the gateway to all the data that's new for you on hardcover and you decide which ones you want to see. Yeah, that's really good. It's going to be, that's a good yeah. approach. I just put it out there so that, you know, we get <laughs> our clocks going because uh, I'm guessing after we get the things we're working on right now off our plates, that's going to be the next big thing. So yeah, a bit uh, anticipating that because that's also exciting. And with the stuff going on, I think it's a good moment to actually like uh, deliver ship uh this kind of network that's an alternative to places that are 
you know, getting ruined, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, we need to be a, a viable alternative for book communities. In other yes. Words. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Great. Well, cool. this was, was this was good. I think I have to go back to feeding time, <laughs> uh, both for my cats and my twelve-year-old kids. So, yeah, it's been really, really good, really productive. Yeah, my yeah. cat is tra- uh, scratching the garbage can. She does that to like let me know I have to feed her. <laughs> well, don't don't work too hard on hardcover. Your priorities are are uh, for sure. Uh, D- different right now so um, oh yeah don't worry about d- it it's uh, as long as it's relaxing and uh, you know i enjoy it that's cool. it, it can, that's how it is it can, yeah as long as you feel like it's a break and not a uh a, an, an additional stress on your life then oh yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> definitely it, it feels like a break. it kind of feels like a break <laughs> cool <laughs> great cool awesome well nice chatting to you adam and uh yeah until next week Cool. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, right. sweet. Have a good one. Bye-bye.